Hey. Remember episode one where I detailed all the kinds of people I was going to be interviewing throughout this series? Of course you do. What a silly question. The one that stuck out the most to you, I'm sure, was when I said I would be interviewing cool acquaintances who I wanted to get to know better. Look, by the time I actually recorded this interview with Art Ross, we had definitely grown past the acquaintance stage and we were already friends, but that doesn't make for as compelling a narrative for an introduction. Listening back to this interview now in the editing room, it sounds like we've known each other for a really long time, but it was truly just a few months at this point. I think part of that is because Art has a way of making you feel heard and cared for that I find so engaging and I am incredibly appreciative of as one of their friends. They're also very inquisitive and, spoiler alert, by the end of the episode, they're the first person to turn the questions back on me and I was not prepared for it, but I really like it and this interview holds a very special place in my heart in the Let You Down canon. I often say that if any of my friends were going to start a cult, it would be art, and it would be completely by accident. And if you give me a half hour of your time, I'm confident you're going to be ready to sign up. Um, my name is Art Ross. Um, I use uh, they-them pronouns. Pisces, English teacher by day, um, singer by night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, I can't verify or deny any of those claims. Thank you very much for doing this today. Of course. I'm so excited for it. Thank you. I was very um, uh, touched that you asked me. Yeah, I have <laughs> I have like a little notebook. I don't have it okay. on me right now. Yeah. But I have a little notebook that I just did for the podcast. And I had a like huge list of people uh-huh. that I was like might be interesting. But I had my top six. I was like, these Ooh. are like the first line okay. draft picks. Okay. And you are on that. <gasps> like ev- Everyone Healing. from that actually said yes. Aww. So I didn't have to go. Not that everyone else was like <laughs> not as good. <laughs> sure. Sure. But Or more like, who of my friends has the most trauma and juicy goss? Well, I'm very much trying to avoid... <laughs> trauma tourism so i wasn't yes. i wasn't like who's going to cry <laughs> oh god like, who's interesting and who do i like i was gonna say i don't even know what's gonna happen maybe i'll shed a tear who knows well luckily <laughs> it is it's not a visual medium oh thank god first question uh yeah. would you be able to tell me a story of a time where y- you were disappointed either by someone else or by a situation yeah i guess like a specific story is a little bit harder because Okay, I want to preface this that my dog is currently next to me um, licking out a Kong. <laughs> um, am I allowed to say that on the podcast? Yeah, that's what it's called, right? Right, licking out a Kong, yeah. Anyway, so you might hear some weird uh, noises, but uh, just know she looks really cute and she's happy and not making noise. Yeah, we're not on CBC. We don't have a list of words that we're not allowed to say. Okay, You fuck. can say Palestine on this <laughs> podcast. Oh my God. Okay, I don't think I have... Um, any stories about Palestine, but I can think of some, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. It's really hard to pick one story because I feel like I'm a very like open person. And so I, I really rarely get disappointed like about anything. Okay. I never have any expectations of anybody 
and anything. And so it's really hard to be like, oh, I had this vision of the thing and it's not that. Do you feel like there may have been a time where maybe you had really high expectations of someone and mm. maybe they didn't meet that? Mm. I feel like I'm always surprised that people are kinder than they are. So I guess they always like exceed my expectations. Oh my gosh. I don't think I'm the right person. <laughs> but I, I hope that, um, I don't know. I think that people are so disappointed because they they have a very fixed image of a person or a situation. But I don't, I don't really have, uh, yeah, I don't have that vision. So you think that it's potentially that one of the things that disappointment can come from, mm-hmm. yeah, is from not necessarily unrealistic expectations, but maybe like unmalleable expectations. Sure. I could be expecting something from someone and then when they don't deliver, I'd be really disappointed by that. But maybe yeah. like you would be more like, this is how I view this person. Yeah. Oh, they haven't given me this thing I expected. Oh, I was just wrong. Sure. It's just a shifting viewpoint. Or it was like I it was on me to have that view in the first place. And like it's not there. They didn't disappoint me. It was my own like, oh, I shouldn't have even thought of thought that they could do it. Yeah. I don't know. Can you think of a time that that happened? I mean, as horrible as it sounds. So I'm a I'm an English teacher. I teach immigrants and refugees to Canada. And uh, I put so much of my heart into my job I absolutely love it like I have like four hours of zoom every day so it's like (laughs) I love it but also oh my god but every day there's always like a couple of students where like I do expect a little bit for them to tick the boxes and you know do their homework and participate and stuff and I feel like they have a lot of potential but there's a couple of people that I just want to be like dude you're so great I wish that you knew that so you could do the stuff but again, I think that that's my own expectation that's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I got to meet them where they are. Yeah. You know? And it sounds like you can kind of shift around that a little bit. Yeah. Do you think you've always been like that? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe it's some kind of <laughs> trauma. No, <laughs> little T trauma. But it's like, I think growing up, I think I was just like, uh, our family was really into like surprises and like being very like unpredictable and just like, you know, flashy things. And so I can never plan anything. And I can never like expect anything. And I think in my life, I try and carry that through as well. So like, I'm always pretty happy and like, you know, down for whatever. Yeah. You had to go with the flow a lot. <laughs> All the time. Did you did you move a lot around a lot as a kid? Not really. I mean, I moved, um, I moved to Canada when I was 19 alone because I wanted to take women's studies mm. in Canada in the gayest university, apparently, that I could have found at uh, Trent University. And so <laughs> growing up, I remember my dad was like, I say was, he's not dead. He's very alive. Um, <laughs> my dad used to surprise my mom all the time with all these like a beautiful, like romantic gestures. And he'd be like, I mean, he's also kind of a rich guy. So he'd be like, we're going to go to like the Rolling Stones tour. We're going to go travel Asia, whatever. And I think seeing that, I'm like, oh, my God, how could you ever be disappointed in anything like that? That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Just always having a surprise. There's never a disappointment. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Where it's like (laughs) if you don't make plans, if you just are spontaneous right yeah you don't grow up with it right and then you're i don't know did you grow up with something like that or were you like planned this is what's going to happen i'm not super sure i can't remember exactly what my parents would have been like i i will say that 
I think I'm a little bit better at it now. Okay. <laughs> but I definitely was the kind of kid where like if there was a plan yep. and then something changed, mm-hmm. I would have a very hard time with that. Oh, okay. Like if I, w- if I was expecting like we're going to like today is the day that we're going to go to the beach. Yep. I would be like, okay, that's what we're doing today. And then if some, if anything changed, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to the beach and also a family friend is coming. I'd be like, no. No. <laughs> we already made the <laughs> plan. That wasn't the plan. Tell Deborah to stay home. And I don't know why that is. I mean, not to shift into my trauma. No, please. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, well, my parents split up when I was like four. Yep. So okay. I guess I wouldn't have had a lot of that specific idea of, oh, yeah. and then my parents would surprise each other oh absolutely it was like good surprises for me but maybe not not maybe great no surprises surprise. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I think that that also like follows along with how we view disappointment because like I feel like if you're constantly met with people not following their word and people not fulfilling that expectation then of course you're going to be like yeah disappointment is a a theme but I don't know I guess I I've been very privileged to not have any disappointment or bad things that happened only nice little good things i guess i find it really really interesting and i'm so happy for you (laughs) (laughs) thank you that i feel like i would assume the opposite Mm. would be the case like i would assume like if you didn't really have to process a lot of disappointment yeah growing up that maybe then as an adult you wouldn't be able to handle it sure but here i find I am the person who internalized disappointment very early in my life. Mm. And so now I do feel it a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not jealous. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm happy for you. I, I also, I want to point out though, that there is a, a phenomenon, if you will, about the uh, toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I sometimes have that where, you know, I'm like, everything's great. Everything's great. Look, got to look on the bright side. Everything's great. I mean, <laughs> the world around us is on fire and there's like Nazis in the street. But like, I I don't know. I'm still like pretty positive. And I think that that is also a downfall. How do you think so? I just feel like it makes me see the world in such a not realistic way. Like it's not realistic to think that everything's good all the time and that all the events happen and they're just going through and everything's good and like it's such a privilege to be like oh no it was fate you know it was never meant to be or like we'll do it next week it's like well because you have the privilege to make it next week Mm -hmm. you know i saw yeah i saw a tweet recently that was like ben dreyfus made some sort of tweet that was like everything forever has always worked out don't worry folks like <laughs> things are gonna be okay eventually. yeah it's like okay but like your dad is richard dreyfus like star exactly, of jaws exactly exactly yeah and i feel like um it is so so privileged to not even have to to sit here and be like no there's not really much disappointment yeah it's like yeah because i'm a, a, a white middle class person like yes it makes sense I think the fact that you can identify that, though, is like, Hmm. that's pretty down to earth. Like, you're not just like sitting here being like, no, everything's great. You're (laughs) being like, sometimes I think everything is great, but maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And that's why I disappoint others. And following on. No, that was a fantastic segue. (laughs) I don't even need to be here. Uh, Yeah. Well, can you think of a time where maybe that specifically has like led to maybe you letting someone down? Yeah. I think being a gay and being a trans um, and also being like, you know, a tattooed kind of anarchist person. I am 
I constantly feel like I'm a disappointment to society. Hmm. Um, and I think the last time that I really felt such harsh disappointment is I recently went to uh, see my family in England in October. And my family had known that I had changed my name. And they knew that I had changed my pronouns and that I came out as non-binary and all this stuff. And this is like, you know, I've, I've been out for two years, three years. And m when I was there, my parent, my family did not like, there just wasn't much, um, there wasn't much trying mm -hmm. um, with names and pronouns. And I remember this one time we were like sitting on the couch and my mom was like, you know, we're going to meet this family friend that you haven't seen in ages. And I remember kind of looking over at her, um, at her text message. And, uh, she wrote like, hi, whatever, Kate's back. Like, uh, you should come see her, blah, blah, blah. And I just, it, it, it filled me with this massive, like overwhelming feeling that I was so disappointing, like that I was so disappointing in the sense that my mom had to, uh, hide my identity um, and to also like make her friends still like accept her and things like this mm -hmm. and it was it was really painful and when I came back to to Canada after that trip I was like I don't know I did a lot of soul searching and I was like okay I'm at that point now where it's like I don't I'm not a disappointment mm -hmm. like when I come back to Halifax and I'm with my beautiful queer music roller derby friends i'm like i i'm great i'm fine i'm doing a good job i'm not hurting anybody you know i happen to have a little bit of a weird identity <laughs> but i'm not bad and i'm not a disappointment and i i do as much as i can but i think i had to come back to canada and actually um i don't know rejig what i was feeling because my family the whole time just made me feel like they were so disappointed in what I had become. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that really bums me out. Yeah, it's, I like. I'm really glad that it sounds like. Yeah, you've had the opportunity and the time. Yeah. To work on it and like process it. Mm -hmm. I find it just like, to me as like a cis outsider to that situation. When I hear that story, mm -hmm. not to get all up in your family, like <laughs> like it's your mom who I'm like. That's disappointing. Yeah. Like obviously family dynamics mm -hmm. are completely different <laughs> yeah. like when you're in it oh yeah versus like looking from the outside but absolutely yeah I guess it just like it does bum me out you read that situation as you were disappointing them absolutely yeah and like when I came back to to Halifax people were like it's not you it's literally them and I was like what I couldn't believe it so after I had a um a little chat with my amazing sister and I was like listen I'm not going to come home for a while. It's too much. It's not fun. It's like, you know, feeling like a disappointment the whole time, whatever. And my sister took my parents to the pub and I just like gave them just like the biggest like, listen, art's never going to come home. Get your fucking shit together, blah, blah, blah. And ever since then, they have been trying really hard. Yeah. So I feel like my sister really stood up for me like the cis perfect ally that I needed mm -hmm. to just be like parents stop treating this person this human who you created your child stop treating them like a disappointment they're yeah. your kid 
And it's like, yeah, you just you just wanted them to try. <laughs> I feel all. like I feel like you set a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, can you just like call me another name? That that would be great. Even if there's like a couple of she hers like sprinkled in. All right, we can we can I can go home, cry about it, and then I'll be fine. But like I think the name really just like got to me. Yeah. Um, may I ask you a question? Of course. Where where did the name come from? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Um, I actually I've never nobody really asked me this question. Um, maybe it's because like I feel like art as a um, as a theme, as a um, thing in the world, I feel like I've chosen like the most like narcissist, like self-absorbed name. But really, it all started because when my partner and I um, started dating, their name's Lorny or Lauren more formally, but um, I call them Lorny. When Lorny and I started dating, we had this fantasy that we were going to grow old and eventually become like uh, old men in uh, Quebec City. And that they were going to be this beautiful, you know, like very like suave leather daddy. And that I was going to be this like very like almost like Parisian, very classy um, art critic. Mm -hmm. And so they started calling me art just to keep that fantasy alive. Like it took me a really long time to be like, you know, I should change my name. I feel like Kate is a very, very uh, gendered name. It doesn't really, you know, give much to the imagination yeah ever since i changed my name a lot of people are really confused which is great uh like you mean like people that you used to know or like new people just like cis people who were like but art is a man's name or like art is a noun and i'm like yeah bro that's kind of the point yeah but ever since i changed my name the there was a lot more ambiguity mm-hmm. i got like gendered way less misgendered way less that's really beautiful that it's well that it's like it's not so much something that you picked but it's something that your partner found for you yeah and then it just like it suited it it suited my my vision of the world so clearly because I'm so well you know I mean we're both Pisces musicians like we're both like dreamy love a good pattern you know Oh my god! Oh my god! Don't get me started on patterns, yeah. like patterns of behavior, or like sure patterns on the wall. Yeah. Just fucking making the everyday a little bit more romantic. Mm-hmm. The little things that like that is I see the world in such a fucking artistic manner that it just made sense. It feels like, and maybe I'm being a little too poetic here. Go I on. Know. It feels like the fact that it sprung from something that Lauren called you it feels like a gift oh that's so sweet yeah yeah I think it was um yeah that's I couldn't have said it any better that's beautiful I also like I did not meet you before yeah before you were art thank Jesus (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to get into it (laughs) uh because for me it's like oh that's the cat oh (laughs) I honestly like this is the first time that I ever really thought to be like, oh, where did that name come from? Because I was just like, oh, that's art. That must have been their name forever. Mm, uh, that's And that's what I wanted. Like, I wanted something where you're like, did you choose it? Did your mom, was your mom just super like outlandish? Like, what was it? Yeah, because you could hear that name and assume like hippie parents. Sure. Absolutely. I would love that. One of my friend's middle name is Olive Tree. 
Oh my so god, it's, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Unfortunately, my parents are significantly not hippie, and I think that they obviously followed the um, white Tudor um, kind of life of Catherine. Mm. Oh, Tudor. Tudor. Yeah. Um, but it, it took me a really long time to even find a name. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always this trope, you know, that like non-binary people choose either a noun. Or they choose, uh, you know, like a letter. They're like, oh, I'm J, I'm K, I'm B, I'm Rug, mm-hmm. I'm Sofa. And it's always three letters. Everything. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, you know what? I don't mind being the stereotype. People could think that my name is Arthur. Cool. Yeah. It's up to you. Which is also a great name. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll change that. I don't know. Yeah. It's your decision. What name would you have if you could change it? Do you like your name? Ooh. Uh, as a child i did not like my name what why uh because i thought it was weird uh and i also all my names are weird what do you mean all of them kaylin alcorn pygott whoa just like none of them are like quote unquote like normal (laughs) you know anglo-saxon they're all kind of they're all kind of weird mm-hmm. in Canada, at least. So yep. I think as a kid, I was like pretty self-conscious about it. Sure. Because like substitute teachers would like always say it wrong. God. Um, is it like, where is it derived from? Well, yeah. So my dad is Scottish. Okay. So that's where Pygott comes from. Um, I, f- I forget wh- what the Alcorns are. <laughs> that's okay. I think it might also be Scottish. I'm not sure. They have a lot of uh, roots in like, I think like the Valley. Or like mm. that, no, my grandmother's from the Valley and she's a Parker. I really couldn't tell you. Mm, I'm not fine. a big genealogy guy. Yeah, I don't care. Um, but Kaylin is Gaelic. Oh. And it's my parents chose it because the doctor who delivered me suggested it. What? Like, there's not, like, we're not Gaelic. <laughs> but they were like, oh, you should maybe name him Kaylin. That's yeah. a really pretty name. And they're Guess like, so. that is a great name. Wow. It's uh, a very strong name. Thank you. I like it. It's, I think I'm one of those people who kind of has to go by first, middle, last name. Sure. Together as a unit, yep, <laughs> it works really well. So okay. I would say now I am happy with my name. Cool. Like I've grown to accept it. It's definitely, I feel like I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have kind of a weird name. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like the the barriers that I had to put up. Sure. As a kid. Yeah. Like imagine if your name was like Steve. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, I want to say... I hope I'm not just making this up, but I feel like as a kid, I would have liked to have been named Zach because I really liked the black Power Ranger. Zach. Yeah. I can't remember the Power Rangers. I'm so sorry. Oh, you don't have to. It's okay. He was the Mastodon. (laughs) I don't know what that is, any part of it, but I'm into it. It's okay. Uh, My next (laughs) podcast will be explaining Power Rangers to people who don't understand, but it's not this one. Well, you can always invite me back. I mean, I'll just be like, okay. Of course. Never a disappointment. (laughs) Wow. So I have one more question for you. Okay. All right. Which is, is there anything either that you've done that you're very proud of or anything coming up that you're excited about? Oh, I love this question so much. I feel like this is the question that is for you. This is, what do you mean? Well, cause you know, we've been talking this entire interview about how you look on the bright side yeah. and how you like expect good things. So yeah. I'm kind of like, I was thinking about that and I was like, Oh wow. Like how are, how are they going to pick just one? Wow. That's also a, um, in a, a very charming way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm so distracted by this Kong. I'm so <laughs> welly. I wish that you could see. She's just like super into it, and she's just such a baby. I always say this when I'm like really high with my friends. And I'm always like, she's a baby. It's not her fault. It's never her fault. <laughs> um, I have so many things 
that I'm so into. I'm also one of those people, you know, I assume very much like you, mm-hmm. where you have lots of projects, you got loads of things on the go, you got different friendships that you want to like invest in. You got just little things. You also want to do stuff for other people. You got all these creative things that you like have in the back of your mind where you're like, I have a Sunday afternoon and I'm not doing anything. Maybe I'll start felting again. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm like as a human. But I mean, I'm right now of the two things. I'm really excited about the loves in my life the different kinds of relationships that I have. I'm so stoked about just making any relationship that I have stronger and healthier and better friendships and platonic relationships and sexual relationships and romantic. I just like, I'm so, I feel like I've stopped hanging out with shit people Hmm. or like I've tried to like kind of push them away a little bit or like not even push them away just like distance myself from their garbage Mm -hmm. um you're creating space creating space for more people yeah um and i must say that the music industry has really really helped with that Mm. i feel like um sometimes the music industry disappoints me hey talking about disappointment kind of disappoints me sometimes just because a lot of the people that are in the music industry are amazing like so great but then there's like there are a few people where I'm like, oh my God, you don't deserve to be here. You're not good. You're not nice. Mm. And like, yeah, that's that's super shit. It is really disheartening to see maybe someone succeed not because they are kind and yeah. virtuous, but because they are smart and ruthless. <sighs> yeah. Which happens, I think it happens in every industry. Absolutely. I think, at least for me, it's just particularly harder to see it. Like, Of course. You know, in a space that does a good job of presenting itself as yeah. like progressive or like yeah. kind and welcoming. And then like you hear stories from people that are just like, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking. Of course. It's, I've had this conversation uh, with a couple people for the pod now just really? about music industry in general. Yeah. Where it is like a seven times out of 10, mm. it's something is disappointing you. Yeah. And then like the, of those three times, two things will be really exciting and nice. And then they'll just like fall through. Yeah. And then the one time the one time that it everything is perfect mm. just like makes up for it wow it's so beautiful wow yeah. you're fairly new to mm. the music scene in <laughs> yeah what i is am like a, a child what is like a, a positive experience that you've had in this oh in my this god time? i'm like i'm so enthralled by the uh, i i'm in i'm a, i'm okay something you don't know also i was gonna po- point point this out is that so like when sarah and i get together and we're just like chatting, whatever, over drinks or whatever. Uh, Sarah from uh, Java Blend, shout out. Um, we do the opposite of bitching. We like go on a spree complimenting you. <laughs> we literally are like, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I wish that I, this was just a charming little compliment. But like, instead of being like, oh, Kaylin, what an absolute dick. We will be like, Kaylin is a lyrical genius. He is like... <laughs> He makes music like no one else. He's so good, blah, blah, blah. So I think there's people like you where like you make me want to be a better musician. I want to get to a higher tier. I have all these people around me that are so good at what they do and they're so talented and they're so creative. And I'm like, yes, I need people around me like this who are not only kind, but are like so good at stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, it makes me better. 
Do you um, feel it? So your band, Pillow Fight, yeah, is mostly built around this partnership that you have with Aaron Green. That's the one. It's been so wonderful to see. Oh, thanks. Even like from, I don't want to say the inception, but I can remember uh, seeing things getting posted to Instagram before yep. I met you and being like, well, who's this person? <laughs> uh, so I am just curious, like, how did you guys... And your your sensibilities work out really well. Yeah. Where you are very emotional and he is not not emotional, but I mean, fairly analytical, I would say. Yeah. I've seen him I've seen him emotional like maybe twice, three times. But he's um we are like the perfect pair because we're so opposite. And as I said, as I've always said, it's a pairing that shouldn't work, but it works so well. Mm-hmm. You know? Um Pillow fight was absolutely a mistake. It was it was a it was a mistake. It never meant to happen. It was it was just something to fill our time in quarantine. And this beautiful mistake turned into one of the best parts of my life. How long had you two known each other? Like before? Oh, like probably like six months. Right on. So like we I knew Megan Green, who used to I think was like friends with Lorne. And hold for Lorne. <laughs> Hi, babe. Um, so uh, I met Megan Green through Lorne, got tattooed by them. And then it was like, you know, meet my, my partner, Aaron Green. And I, I mean, it was really hard because I was like, okay, so there's a cis guy that I don't know. And now I have to hang out with him. And that's very rare for me. I, I rarely hang out with... Um, uh men <laughs> it's an honor <laughs> Good. yeah you're even in my home oh my god <clears throat> so it was a risk it was absolutely a risk but we started hanging out we started playing some songs together and then we realized that we were actually really really good together our songwriting styles are so good we're just both so into what's happening mm-hmm. that like again it goes back to the disappointment i'm never ever disappointed by anything that aaron does there's some times where he'll like send me a little voice clip through the phone at 3 a.m. where he's like high as hell and he's just like doing some warpy thing on his guitar. And I'm like, Aaron, love you, but like can't use that. Can't use that. Yeah. You just need to reel it in. Yeah. And yeah. he does that for me where he's like, you can't just have a song that's two lines repeated for five minutes. Okay. Well, some people <laughs> would disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. This is the difference. I'm pointing, I'm pointing yeah. at myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I'm really, really proud of us. And so like we have a we have a gig, um, which I think you're coming to. I am. By the time that this comes this out. This is all whatever. Yeah. May have already happened. So Yeah. Well, let's just predict that it's gonna be really great. And yeah, um, we can say confidently that you had a fantastic show. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was my birthday. I can't really. And uh, Pisces people, mm-hmm. you're going to be there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also, uh, I've started to get really close with the beautiful folks from Good Dear Good. And they're going to be playing as well. Uh, yeah. So I'm really excited. Yeah. It's going to be great. You've, you've made some really fantastic moves into a new Thanks. community. Yeah. And you've been embraced by them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad. I'm trying not to make anybody sad. Um, what's something that you're excited about? Uh, you know, it's not about me. No, I uh, want to know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, this project has been really, really uh, fulfilling. Good. 
so far and now in the very early stages of it that of I course. am. So it's a lot, I think we've talked a little bit about it mm. where it's like, it's, I think it's going to be a lot more work than I expected. Sure. But I think it's going to be in, like good work to do. Of course. So that's my answer. I, it looks like I'm going to Boston in April. What? For a coffee convention. So what? that's something I'm excited that's about. That's so cool. But we can talk off mic for that. But. All right. Well, I hope that this um this interview doesn't disappoint you. And if we do want to do a follow-up and you're like, the most disappointing thing that's ever happened to me is this interview. There's <laughs> one interview where this one person <laughs> just like wasn't disappointed in anything. They were giving me nothing. I won't no. say their name, but it rhymes with shart. <laughs> I was going to say fart. So <laughs> Nice. We're of similar minds. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you very much. Thanks for, for having me. Giving me your time and inviting me into your home. Of course. I never know how to end these, so I could just kind of do. Left my house, you hair on my sheets. But your cards were pulled over knee. Couldn't breathe in amongst the crowd. Just in case her heartbeats too loud. Sunside, lucky I was. Sunside, I'm still understood. Sunside, knocking on wood. Sunside, I'm still understood. I know it's not the fashion to feel this way to start. And the claws get their scratch on with countries apart. And I know it's not the real deal, cause I'm trying to play it cool. And I'm Let You Down was made possible thanks to an initial commission by Mulgrave Road Theatre. Our theme song was written by Jay Stroutman, and our artwork is by Isra Fitch. You can hire both of them. You know it. You can give them your money, and they will make you cool shit. I am your host, Kaylin Pygett. I'm also the editor, and I'm here in the editing room with an editor's note that that trip to Boston I said I was so excited about... Uh, it turned out we didn't have the budget for me to go. So didn't happen for me. It's okay. I'm over it. I just really love Beantown. And hey, this isn't an ad read, but if you ever find yourself in Boston, make your way down to Guy Fieri's Tequila Casino. He is my light. He is my rock. Not unlike my guest today, Art Ross, whose song... Playing the Fool by their band Pillow Fight, you are currently listening to. Thank you so much, Art. Thank you all, and I'll see you next week.